welcome to Deep Secrets. We are your hosts, Emma and Jamie. This is where we discover the truth about the 95% we don't know. On today's episode, we discuss the shocking truth about mermaids, the terrifying creatures that lurk below, and the mystery that is the Bermuda Triangle. Let's dive in. Our first mystery lies in the realm of mermaids. Now you may think mermaids are beautiful mystical beings full of color and joy as the movies have commonly portrayed. However, we are here to discuss the darker side of these unknown creatures. Mermaids go way back to the times of Greek mythology, where they were referred to as sirens. These sirens would look like beautiful women with pleasant singing voices. Men would be unable to resist the sound of this song and be drawn towards it, only to meet an untimely, gruesome death. Sirens would purposely lead ships to their doom by drowning, being eaten, or crashing into rocky shores. But if you think Greek mythology portrayed these creatures of the sea as monsters, there are even more folk tales describing them as dangerous, deadly beasts. These tales recorded mermaids as giving gifts of misfortune to men, causing floods, shipwrecks, or other disasters. They also lured men to live with them underwater, never to return. There have been many reported cases of mermaid sightings. Some believe that manatees were simply mistaken for mermaids. However, with 95% of the ocean still undiscovered, we leave that question up to you. Mermaids or manatees? Only the ocean knows the truth. And now, for our next segment, we will be having a discussion about various deep sea creatures and the little we know about them. Alright, Emma, would you like to tell us about the vampire squid? Of course, Jamie. The vampire squid is a small cephalopod found in temperate and tropic oceans and extreme deep sea conditions. It shares similarities with both an octopus and a squid. It has eight arms, two long filaments, and a cloak-like web, and it eats through those filaments. Oh. Yeah. So what is its um, normal prey? Like, what does its diet consist of? Typically decaying animal and plant matter and sopopods, amphipods, and zooplankton. Ooh. So not a very, like, fulfilling diet. No, but it but makes do? Like, yeah, it makes do for them. Ah. They also do live in depths from about 984 to 9,842 feet, so there's really not much down there. That's a big range. That's yeah, a range is. of, like, yeah. thousands of feet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you could be vacationing in a tropic area and come across a vampire squid? If you happen to be 984 feet at least below the surface, then yeah. So it's very unlikely. <laughs> it's, it's highly unlikely, but 
You never know. They typically range from around 12,000 to, not 12,000, 1,200 to 1,500 meters below the surface, which is roughly half of, like, as deep as they can go, but they range anywhere from 984 feet to 9,842 feet. Do you know the story behind the name Vampire Squid? So, though the vampire squid does not suck or drink blood, it gets its common name from the dark color, it's like a deep red color that they are, and the skin that connects their, like, eight tentacles is similar to the vampire cape, ah. that is commonly seen to be worn by vampires. Interesting. Yeah, so that's where they get the, uh, the name the vampire squid. So, basically, whoever found this squid, they were like, looks like a vampire. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> that's a fun story behind that. Yeah, do you want to know if... A fun fact? Yeah, let's hear it. They can turn themselves inside out because they have spiky tentacles on the inside, I guess, and they can turn themselves inside out to defend themselves. Oh, so basically they have predators that they have to watch out for? Yes. Oh, so are there um, any other ways that these squid... Um, defend themselves from predators? Well, instead of ink, like a common squid or octopus would have, the vampire squids eject sticky, glowing mucus, which confuses predators, much like the ink of a squid or octopus would. Ah. So, it sounds like these squids are very fit for survival. Well, they are. They've been around over 300 million years. Wow. That's a long time, to say the least. (laughs) Yeah. Though their lifespan is unknown at this point. So, we don't know how long each of them lives for. There could be a 300 million year old vampire squid out there. It's possible. Is that older than dinosaurs? Probably. I want to say yes, but I also want to say no. But also, but that's not the topic. That's of this not podcast. the topic of this podcast. We talk about the sea and the sea only. only. <laughs> All right. So moving on. So Jamie, do you want to tell us about the dragonfish? I'd be honored. So the dragonfish is a small fish. Uh, ranging from four to six inches that lives 5,000 feet below the surface of the water. This fish resembles an eel of some sorts, but its body is completely black and it has a severe underbite um, that allows you to see its vicious fangs protruding from its bottom jaw. Wow. Um, Want to tell us about these fangs? Yes, um, they're very large teeth in comparison to the size of its body, um, and the teeth are used to hunt down prey and honestly kill them as fast as possible so that they can get a nice meal. Um, but the magic lies in the transparency of their teeth. Um, many studies have been done on the dragonfish's teeth alone. Uh, basically saying um, how light, when it um, is exposed to very little light, almost anything can be passed through the specific material that the teeth are made out of. Um, This material being um, hydroxypatite nanocrystals, um, large words, um, but basically it's saying that since there's such little light down at the depths that the dragonfish lives at, um, the light that does is exposed to this, um, material 
passes through it um, instead of bouncing off so that is reflected and turned into visual light. Right? <laughs> um, and this really is an adaptation to allow the dragonfish to survive more because um, the other um, contributor to how the dragonfish eats is its bioluminescence. Um, it draws in prey uh, that with its this protrusion that um, emits bioluminescent light from bacteria. Um, and this protrusion is actually called a barbell. Oh, wow. Right? Fun name. Yeah. Um, so the barbell and the light that it emits, since it is at such depths, again, um, there is no light. So the fish and other creatures see it thinking that it's food. Um, but the uh, dragonfish, using its transparent teeth, is able to close in and eat the sea creature before it is even aware that it's in danger. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's insane. And um, the walls of the stomach of this dragonfish are black to keep the lights concealed while its meal is being digested. Oh, wow. Which, fun fact there. <laughs> um, yeah. And... The crazy thing about um, dragonfish and their prey is that dragonfish, again, they are only four to six inches long, yeah. but they can swallow prey up to half its body weight. Wow. And as of right now, there's very little else that we know about the dragonfish, simply due to the fact that humans are unable to travel down to depths. Um, as extreme as these. But hopefully in the future, um, with modern advancements, we'll be able to shine a light on this dark part of the ocean. <laughs> now, Emma, I hear you want to tell us about what could possibly be the ugliest fish in the ocean. The blobfish? Yes, I would love to tell you about the blobfish, Jamie. So it inhabits deep waters off of mainland Australia, Tasmania, and New Zealand. And it's roughly about a foot in length. Oh, wow. Now, if you've seen one of these fish, let me tell you right now, it is ugly. <laughs> um, Emma, would you like to uh, explain why that is? So the blobfish lives around 2,000 to 3,900 feet below the surface of the water, which is very immense pressure. So when the blobfish is brought up and all that decompression is hit, the blobfish is... It gets its ugly look because it starts to droop almost. Oh. Yeah. So, though, when it is in the um, compression and the pressure that is the deep sea, they tend to look like most deep sea fish with a very defined shape to their body. Ah. Yes. And this is one of the few fish that we've talked about that does not have a strong... Um, skeletal body, right? Right. It is mainly, there is no muscle to the body, making it unedible. Um, they have no muscles, so it's, they're basically just a fat, gelatinous mass, essentially, ah. with, um, and they have this natural defense of acid-like skin, so. Oh, that's very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, so what's the common diet of these blobfish? 
So basically they have lack of like digestive muscles like we have. So they basically just swallow edible matter as it floats in front of them. Oh. Yeah. That's an interesting form of a meal. <laughs> yeah, and because like you would expect them to be on the ocean floor, but they are less dense than water, so they float but don't need to swim. So they kind of just, they chill there in the middle of the water, and as little edible matter passes by them, they just swallow it. Wow, I wish little flakes of edible matter could pass by me. Exactly. Like, (laughs) life would be so much easier. Eliminates all the work of eating. (laughs) Exactly. And just so we're all aware, the blobfish are currently endangered. There's only a little bit more than 400 left in existence. So, because people are capturing like overfishing these animals because of the look it has and how much attention has been brought to it for being the ugliest fish in the world people want to see it for themselves oh so when we see these pictures of blobfish and we just point and laugh we shouldn't be because it's essentially hurting them as a species oh well that's good to know yeah better stop laughing and start taking these ugly fish more seriously keep them in our hearts exactly because we don't realize what this little species can do for the ocean you know like we don't know yeah the effect that they have like what the ocean would be like without them could be a strong keystone species without them exactly i mean we don't live in australia so we don't really know what they're like over there but we don't we also don't know how they could affect the ocean by going extinct exactly exactly that's why we need to protect all of our marine life exactly because we never know what type of effect they will have on the ocean if they were to go extinct yeah so the blobfish wow what a diverse more impactful species exactly exactly and that was our deep dive into the world of the lesser known creatures of the sea next up We explore the mystery that is the Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle, also referred to as the Devil's Triangle, has historically been referred to as the mysterious area between Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico where countless accidents have occurred without even a hint to an explanation as to what really happened. Today we will be looking into two of these mysteries. Our first mystery lies with Flight 19. On December 5th, 1945, a training flight of five TM Avenger torpedo bombers took flight from a base in Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale, Florida. While flying over the Bermuda area, the pilots became severely disoriented, causing a navigation error, which led to the planes running out of fuel. A naval search party was sent out to to try to find them, but after days of looking, the planes were never found. No debris, no bodies. It was as if they had just vanished. To this day, there is still no explanation as to what exactly happened to those planes over the triangle. Our second mystery lies with the KC-135 Strato tankers. On August 28, 1963, 
two KC-135 Stratotankers, took off from Florida for a refueling mission. The mission itself went flawlessly, but the real mystery lies in what happened on their way home. The two planes reportedly crashed into each other without warning, only 300 miles from Bermuda. Neither plane alerted anyone over radio or by any other means that they were going to crash. What is also curious is that these planes were over 500 feet away um, in a difference of altitude when they crashed, which leads to the question, how could they possibly collide without being even remotely near each other? And was there a mysterious outside force that caused them to crash? Was this force attributed to the Bermuda Triangle? To this day, no one knows for sure. All we know is that there are many other cases just like these two that fall within the area of the Bermuda Bermuda Triangle. Who knows if there really is a mysterious force drawing planes into the ocean. Thank you all for tuning in this week to Deep Secrets. We owe a special thanks to our executive producer, sponsor, and biggest supporter, Mr. Todd Kayser. Make sure to come back next week where we will dive into the mystery of the unknown city of Atlantis here on Deep Secrets, where we discover the truth about the 95% you don't know.